1: Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your fantasy preview for the divisional round of the 2023-24 NFL playoffs. I'm your host, Chris Raymond of the Action Network. Joining me is the number one most accurate fantasy ranker in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on?
1: Up, yeah. So, I mean, we had a great weekend, wild card weekend, crushed all our bets. Uh, but all of our DFS calls hit too. I mean, I I gave out Jake Ferguson, Trey Palmer, you gave out Cream Hunt, Kate Otten. So, hopefully, if you listen last week, you took down uh, some GPPs. Oh, yeah,
0: but uh, we're gonna right back to it, keep it going. We only got seven games left, so uh, should be fine. We got the full uh, four game slate, uh, to talk about on this pod so we'll get in you know we'll go position by uh position we'll build the lineup at the end but uh, before we get to that just a quick reminder if you haven't left us a five-star rating and review yet and you enjoy the show p- jump in and do that you can win a free year of action pro or some swag from the action network store this week's winner is drew Duchy. Thank you, Drew Dutchie, for the rating and review. You can email podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. Also, don't forget, Action Network Discord server for anyone who wants to join. It's free, it's a lot of fun. Sean has been in there giving out fantasy advice, sweating live bets with people. So go check that out. There's a link to join in the episode description. But so let's get into the divisional round. We'll go the full four game slate uh, up at DK. Let's talk through that quarterback. Uh, we'll go a value and a dart. It's kind of tough. I mean, quarterback. It's like he's only eight, so <laughs> we'll just talk through some quarterbacks here. But yeah. uh, who do you who do you like uh, to start us off for uh, for value?
1: Yeah, so I think Brock Purdy at six thousand five hundred is a great value. Uh, I know you said you were high on him in our projections mm-hmm. pod. I'm right there with you. I'm not sure why he's so cheap here. The you know the Niners are. You know, around 10-point favorites, so maybe Purdy doesn't have to throw much. But that's been the case all year long, and Purdy's lived off high efficiency, low volume all year. So this spot's really no different. Uh, You know, Jordan Love in the Packers' offense could play well enough here to keep it close. I would not be shocked just given how well Love has been playing, including last week. Uh, Plus, you know, Chris McCaffrey's been dealing with a calf injury. He's had a couple weeks now to rest up, so maybe he is closer to 100%. But if not, you know, they might want to lean on Purdy just a little bit more here. Um, And, you know, it's been a few weeks since Purdy's played, so there's no recency bias. You know, people aren't chasing a good game by Brock Purdy. So his his roster ship percentage might be a bit lower here just as a result. So the fact that you can get Purdy at 6500 here is a no brainer. Uh, He has a ton of stacking options. And, you know, this is a great slate, but Purdy just sticks out like a sore thumb being at 6500 here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love uh Purdy this week. Um only thing obviously I have to monitor the weather. Um mm-hmm. it's probably going to get some rain, but the temperatures are going to be in the 50s. Uh winds, you know, it's always kind of windy out there in Santa Clara, but uh we'll see if there's if, if it's alarming, we will obviously lower our projection, so be sure to uh to monitor that, but I love Purdy as well. I think he's kind of that perfect sweet spot if you're yeah. you're not going to go with Lamar or Josh Allen. Uh, i think brock purdy is just it's just perfect um who has a massive massive ceiling in the spot uh i'm gonna go with jared goff here talked on the other pod uh on the action network uh, projection pod over on the action network podcast channel we talked about goff and uh you know how i have his passing yards uh, close to 280 for this game's averaging right around 270 for the year now and uh you know, he is 6,300 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game's indoors where Jared Goff tends to thrive. Now, he does have some trouble with the blitz. So that that is the only concern here. But in terms of DFS, we're just looking at the ceiling. And if Goff struggles early, that just means he'll have to throw more uh, to catch up. So either way, I like it. You know, Sam Laporta played his usual complement of snaps last week. Uh, Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds are... are uh, are healthy. looks like the only guy that's probably going to be out is Khalif Raymond. So Goff uh, in a good spot against this Tampa Bay defense that, uh, you know, Detroit has struggled or Goff, I should say has struggled a little bit with the blitz, but uh, nothing like the way Jalen Hurts has struggled. And that's why I ended up getting on the, uh, the bucks plus three last week. Uh, I'm on the bucks again, but I I do like Goff. I do like, just the environment for fantasy points uh, in this game. It being indoors, while the you know the Ravens game is outdoors, the Niners game is outdoors and could have some uh, weather. And the Bills game, it's going to be you know freezing temperatures. So even though uh, you know some some people didn't know this game was going to be indoors, it is, and thus, uh, Jared Goff, love him looks like uh, dart throws. looks like you like somebody in this yeah. game
1: as well. Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, love Baker Mayfield at the cheapest price of the week at 6K. Mm-hmm. He, wa- uh, he wasn't the cheapest. I think it was Mason Rudolph, but Baker was my dart throw because, you know, he just had such an easy matchup against the Eagles defense, and sure enough, you know, he torched them. Um, and, you know, this matchup, isn't as good as you know the Eagles, but you know the Lions have allowed 340 plus passing yards now in four straight games. Two of those to Nick Mullins, um, and you know Baker Mayfield. For as good as he played last week, he was let down by Mike Evans and Kay Dotton who had some really big drops. Um, one of them was a Evans drop that was a potential touchdown. Uh, you and I both thought that initially uh, James Bradbury made a great play on the ball, but that wasn't the case. Evans has dropped it. Uh, and he, he might've been down the one he might've scored. Who knows? Cause he didn't catch it, but either way, Baker almost had an even bigger game. So the fact that you can get him at six K here and spend up elsewhere uh, is very appealing. So Baker Mayfield again, is uh, my top dart throw this week at QB.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love him as well. I think this lion defense uh, has some issues uh in pass coverage they are great against the run so makes them a pass funnel i believe they're finished the year number 1 in DVOA against the run so yeah. you know that that pass defense is what you're going to have to attack uh, you could get a, a negative game script but that 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 would just help i don't think uh there's anything overly prohibitive about this this uh matchup you know they'll, they'll get some pressure might get a sack or two but even sacks you know it's not the end of the world because that just makes you have to throw longer passes to try to uh, get a a first down as long as it's not on third down. So like the matchup all the way around. I think uh, Chris Godwin talked about him on the other pod. I think he'll have some advantages here. Evans could be on Sutton that that should be an edge for Tampa Bay uh, as well. So like Mayfield, Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Love, you know, as a dart throw, he's a guy who it's probably not going to be as efficient as it's been. San Francisco has been able to prepare For Green Bay they've also been resting Uh, they even though Dallas you know had just all the pick sixes and you know Micah Parsons San Francisco I think is the more well-rounded defense uh, and it's probably going to be the more sound defense but the San Francisco offense likely puts up a lot of points on Green Bay which will make put the pressure on Love to throw he's got all his guys healthy uh, in the receiving core you know Christian Watson played last week uh, Wicks is healthy. Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, uh, both tight ends, Crafted Musgrave, uh, Aaron Jones. Obviously, maybe even get uh, AJ Dillon back this week. So, Jordan Love really hasn't had a full complement of healthy receivers, only threw 21 passes last week. Highly efficient, 16 to 21 for 272. Don't think it'll be that efficient this week, but uh, you know, the upside is still you know, 400 yards because, like, similar to Dak, like, San Francisco could put up a big number. On this Green Bay defense, that is, uh, you know, 26th in DVOA. So, uh, like Jordan Love as one of the uh, cheapest options on the slate. All right, let's jump to running back. Who you got for value there?
1: Yeah, so I like uh, Dave Montgomery at 6,100. He's really, like, the cheapest of the Tier 2 running backs. And, uh, you know, last week I thought the Lions might lean on Jameer Gibbs a bit more and give him more work now that we're in the playoffs. Uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, Not only did Monty see his highest rush share since week 13, he even had a higher routes run rate than Gibbs. And you had mentioned maybe they were just trying to throw the other team off uh, just to break tendencies and things Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, there could be uh, some signal there. So um, I'm still boosting Montgomery's underlying usage a bit higher this week than I have last week anyway. Uh, But, you know, his touchdown odds specifically – are going to be elevated this week. You know, the Lions have the second highest team total. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be playing indoors, have a, you know, a bit of an easier matchup, maybe not on the ground. But either way, I think Monty does have a better chance of scoring a touchdown here than most weeks. Um, and this is just a game where they could have a lead positive game script uh, for much of the game. So that, that could just lead to more work for Monty specifically. So like I said, just the fact that he's the cheapest of the Tier 2 guys that I think you could make a case for being a top two, top three back uh, is why I think Monty is, is a decent value this week for sure.
0: Yeah. You're, you know, there's a lot of guys in that range. You know, we, like you said, they could all be, uh, they're all in play, uh, but I think Monty will, you know, Gibbs is the more sexier play. Like, let's be honest here. And so (laughs) I I do think because you have uh, Rashad White, who has been, you know, fairly consistent because you have, Pacheco, uh, who probably, you know, he's an ex- kind of an exciting play because uh, he's going to be featured. You have James Cook against a a, deep, a, run, a defense that struggled against a run. You have all these other options. So I think from a DF, just from a tournament perspective, I, I think the amount of people that roster Montgomery will probably be lower than it should. And you're getting a lot of leverage, you know, touchdown, because he's a touchdown guy too. So you're getting a lot yeah. of leverage on, you know, if he can score. And let's say Monrod doesn't score and Gibbs doesn't score. And, and even maybe Laporta, you know, you're just getting a lot of leverage there uh, with a guy who uh, will see double digit touches and has a good, is a decent bet for uh, multiple touchdowns. So uh, I like it. This is, you know, it's a DFS uh, pod. So I, I'm going to, my value is Christian McCaffrey, but the reason yeah. he's my value <laughs> is because he's literally is the top value for me Uh, on this slate. So he's 8,800, but I haven't projected to score, you know, upwards of, of 24 DraftKings points. Whereas I don't have anyone else, you know, hitting 21. So he's, he's got a pretty big edge on the, on the field. And then if, in terms of his, you know, uh, point projected points per dollar, I have him about 2.7 X, you know, everyone else tops out around 2.5 X, especially up, up in the stud tier. So I, I, I do think, you know, we kind of mentioned it. One of the ways to kind of get around that glut of running backs is to go with a guy like Montgomery, who's probably going to be on the lower end of the, of the ownership spectrum. Uh, But I do think Christian McCaffrey it's worth paying up for Christian McCaffrey on this slate. Um, It's playoff time. He's been rested. You know, he sat out that, that week seven, uh, week 18 game. He's good to go. This green Bay defense, uh has historically been pretty bad against the run they do have to worry about all these weapons for the Niners in the passing game so Christian McCaffrey's gonna get his and uh I, I do think he is a value even though he is the highest priced player and you have to kind of know when to to fade and when to play these guys I do think this is a good week uh to play CMC because um he- there's just no one coming close in terms of the projected value uh, which is rare for somebody who costs yeah. as much as he does. So
1: yeah, uh, like, like CMC against Green Bay, he's like ten points above my RB two right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's absurd. Um, so yeah, like CMC, but uh, where are you going for dart throws? Uh,
1: let's go with Ty Johnson. Um, at forty two hundred, not many quality dart throws on a four game slate, but I think Johnson could be worth at least a flyer two at forty two hundred. Um, you know he's typically going to spell James Cook on early downs when he needs a breather. Um, And, you know, Ty has been banged up a bit lately, but he's closer to 100% now, which is why I think they cut Leonard Fournette. Uh, So he no longer has the threat of, like, Leonard Fournette being active and mixing in, taking away some of his uh, few touches. Uh, Plus, this is a good matchup against uh, Chiefs defense that's more of a run funnel one. So he could end up seeing a spike in usage uh, just based on the matchup. Uh, And I mentioned, but he he ran the ball on all seven plays of their last drive to put the game away. Uh, He had a couple of nice nine plus yard runs on that drive, even though the Steelers knew that the the Bills were running the ball. Uh, He looked really good in that. And it's been surprising just how often the Bills do trust Ty Johnson in some really high leverage situations. I mean, the game was pretty much over, but the fact that they were out, they were willing to give him the ball so many times, you know, he might fumble it you know, could make the game interesting. They were still willing to give him the ball means that, you know, he could see, you know, high leverage situation, like a goal line carry if it does come up here. So either way, you know, just take a couple of flyers on this guy. Don't go crazy, but Ty Johnson at 4,200 kind of sticks out as, you know, one of the better options of those really, really cheap guys.
0: Absolutely. He's uh, you know, he's, he's been that clear number two guy. It looks like Murray, you know, Murray really doesn't get carries anymore. Only plays on them passing downs for net. I guess, you know, they, they went back to having him as a healthy scratch. I guess at this point, he's only going to be active if something's up with, with Johnson. Or maybe they make Cornette active for Murray, but either way, it seems like Johnson's kind of... I thought kinda... they
1: just dropped his ass. I think he's, like, completely off the roster.
0: Oh, he's, he's off I the roster be wrong. again? Yeah,
1: like, I could Yeah. I,
0: th- I thought he was... I ele- think he's... Like, let's
1: see. No, I think he's just toast, uh, which is surprising to me. But... Um, I mean, I don't think he's being elevated again.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, he is officially yeah. dropped from the practice. Crazy. So, yeah. It's, so Ty Johnson's locked in and Murray should be active unless they do yeah. that weird thing where they like re sign him and then, and then elevate him. But who I'm, knows? I, yeah. It doesn't seem, I mean, they have all these injuries. So, um, I don't think like, a having like a fourth running back on the active roster is, that's like a luxury right. that they can't afford. they, yeah, like half their defense got injured last week. Uh, so yeah, like Johnson, uh, I'm going to go with Justice Hill. Uh, he is the only guy in this range that I have, like I have him significantly uh, projected above like Edmonds and Pierce, edwards Hilaire, uh even, even Johnson, uh, he's 4,800. And the reason I like Justice Hill is in DFS is because you never quite know what Baltimore is going to, how they're going to use him. And for example, in week one, when you know we, we thought it was going to be okay, it's going to be like the the Dobbins and Gus Edwards show. Justice Hill carries eight times for nine yards, but two touchdowns doesn't get anywhere doesn't get any targets. Uh, and then there was a game a couple weeks ago, week seventeen, carries three times for forty eight yards, five targets for sixty four and a touchdown. Uh, and then in that, we thought he was going to rest or rest, you know, more than he did in that. In that uh, last game of the season against Pittsburgh, doesn't get any carries, but gets 10 targets. Now, <laughs> he only catches three of them, but that, that's my point. He's just kind of one of these guys that in any given week, he could be Baltimore's feature back. So yeah. uh like him in this spot, you, you also have the, the large spread. So, you know, maybe if Baltimore gets up, they use him more. If they get down, they could also use him more. There's just so many different ways that uh Justice Hill could pay off. Kind of like reminds me a little bit of Kareem Hunt, uh that that <laughs> I talked about last week, where it's not sexy. And you never quite know how they're gonna use him, but uh he's definitely going to see snaps and he can catch the, the football. And he they've also used him uh in the run game and they've used him near the goal line at times as well. So like Justice Hill uh in his matchup against Houston. And I think he'll he'll be another guy that's pretty uh, under own because, you know, if people – I feel like people like to – you know, this is the first game of the week. So people are probably going to save, like, their flex spot or whatever and, and try to, you know, do some game theory and uh, and have it open and, and kind of use somebody uh, depending on how the, the first game or two goes. so And, and maybe have, like, a Sunday guy in, in the flex. So I think having, you know, your two running backs and then a guy like Justice Hill at only 4,800 in your flex – Uh, he's a guy that could, he's capable, you know, scoring 20 plus uh, at under 5k at running back. You can't really say that about any of the other backs. I mean, maybe Mitchell, if McCaffrey were to go down like early in the game or something, I guess, but that's really about it. But Justice Hill could absolutely, you know, we've seen him score two touchdowns in a game uh, when he's not the, you know, start even the starting running back. So uh, like me some Justice Hill uh, against Houston. All right, let's jump to wide
1: receiver. Who you got for value? Uh, I like Rasheed Rice at 6,800. He really stands out in that tier two of wide receivers. And, you know, he continues to look better and better as the true number one wide receiver. Uh, Really, the the guy they've needed ever since they moved on from Tyreek Hill. He's really starting to fill in those shoes. It's back-to-back, 125-plus receiving yard games now, Um, just, Really looked incredible. Uh, And I think that, you know, he's another player that could take advantage of the Bills linebackers just being decimated by injuries. If you look at his uh, route tree from last weekend, I mean, a lot of it's over the middle. You know, he's catching the ball five to ten yards downfield and just racking up yards after the catch. So if the Bills are down two, three linebackers, there could be some coverage issues there, communication issues. Um, Just bad tackling. So (laughs) Rice is a player that, you know, could take advantage of that. Um, And he's only 6,800. You know, I have him inside my top five. So the fact that you can get him at that price, he has a high floor, high ceiling combo. Um, So love getting Rasheed Rice right now at uh, 6,800.
0: Yeah, he stands out uh, for me as well. And I love the fact that he's actually, uh, you know, being targeted close to the line of scrimmage because he's getting, now he's getting, you know, like that 85, 90% route, participation rate like a true number one receiver but he's also and and he's being targeted at a high rate per on a per route basis but his targets are very easy to catch because they're not far down the field at all so it's like you you can project him for like six seven catches uh every game now and uh this is a game again kansas city's first road playoff game in the mahomes era so we're actually we actually have Kansas City as an underdog here, which uh hasn't happened too much. So uh should be another another good game for Rice and uh this Buffalo defense a little bit banged up there. So uh and Rice moves around too. So uh I I like Rasheed Rice as well. Uh him and this the the, the player I'm about to mention uh are both I think excellent values. Uh, and it's Nico Collins. Um he is my number wide receiver two uh, on the week, actually. And he's, he's not priced as the wide receiver two, he's 7,100. So he's not quite as cheap as Rasheed Rice, but he is the wide receiver four behind Amon, Ross, St. Brown, Debo, Samuel, uh, and Mike Evans, who are 8,200, and 7,200 respectively. So I have uh, Nico's a very good per dollar value. And then you look at this Baltimore defense and it's been great. No, no bones about it. But Marlon Humphrey, their top corner, uh, has a, a an injury, and he's in danger of missing this game. He's missed. He hasn't really practiced much uh, over the past uh, three, four weeks. So uh, it'd be tough for him to kind of get out there. And even if he does, he might not be a full go. He might not be a hundred percent. So uh, I don't think you know Humphrey's been been good when he's healthy and and and, and on the field. But I, I don't know if we're gonna get that Humphrey in this game. And Nico Collins, I mean five games of uh, five games with hundred yards and at least one touchdown uh, and, and at least seven catches, hundred yards and a touchdown uh, four games with at least 146 yards on seven catches and at least one touchdown. He's had 80 yards in more than half of his, at least 80 yards in more than half of his games. And he's had at least six catches in more than half of his games. And now, you remember, he, he was playing, there were games where Tank Dell was healthy. There were games where Noah Brown was healthy. So now, uh, it's really, you know, he is the the queer cut number yeah. one target. You're talking about Houston as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog in Baltimore, so it uh, could be a pass-heavy game script for C.J. Stroud. So uh, just love, love Nico, especially if uh, if Marlon Humphrey is out or less than 100%, which seems like the way it's trending.
1: Yeah, his uh, target rate per route run has just been insane since Dell went down like around 35%, which is like Tyreek status. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, love me some Nico. All right, what about duck throws? Well, I'm going with another Texans receiver, uh, a little bit cheaper here, uh, but John Mechie. Uh, At 3,400, you know, Noah Brown and Robert Woods were both able to return to action last week, um, which was going to be a hit to Mechie's playing time. However, Noah Brown re-injured himself. He's on IR, done for the playoffs. Uh, And Robert Woods only played limited snaps, so he's clearly not uh, 100% right now. So they're going to need Mechie to step up here. And I've liked Mechie, you know, he hasn't really flashed too much so far, but he was a potential first-round pick. Uh, before tearing his ACL towards the end of his last season at Bama, Uh, went in the second round. But, you know, he's very talented and, you know, C.J. Stroud makes everybody better. So there's a chance that Mechie will break out any point. It could happen, you know, this week against the Ravens. Obviously, it's a tough matchup, but, you know, it's going to be a pass-heavy game script. They might need to make um, some shorter area throws to, you know, to a player like Mechie. So I think at 3,400, I think he has like a sneaky ceiling here. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. So uh, John Mechie is one of my favorite dart throws right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And his target per route rate hasn't been too bad. You know, it's not like uh, as low as a guy like, uh, uh, who is it? Xavier Hutchinson yeah. <laughs> uh, for this team. It has been, let's see, what is it? Well, in the season,
1: it's around like 18%. Yep,
0: about 18%. Uh, yeah. It's higher. It's just, just a smidge higher than Robert Woods, uh, about a, pr- a percentage point and a half lower than uh, Dalton Schultz. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's if he plays, because, you know, I think Woods re-injured himself. Woods will probably play, but, yeah, Mechie has a chance to be the number two wide receiver this week. And uh, if he, like, if he played the same amount of snaps as Woods, for example, he'd actually be the favorite for targets. So yeah, uh, yeah, this is he's he could be massively undervalued, and we saw him actually make a play down the field in in that game against the Browns too. So it you know he's like you said he could break out at any moment. So like that call, I'm gonna go with Josh Reynolds here. Uh, He's thirty seven hundred at home against the Bucks, and you know he has been seeing an uptick in his usage rate with Khalif Raymond uh, banged up, but you know Reynolds and Goff remember they have that chemistry dating back to their Rams days so uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that as you know, the lions get into the playoffs that Reynolds is starting to see an uptick he went he's on the year he's averaging a 75% route participation rate but uh, the last 3 weeks 78%, 91%, 97% and last week with Raymond out they didn't mess around with Donovan People Jones Antoine Green it was just Amon Ron 97% routes, Reynolds 97% routes, Jameson Williams 87%. That uh People Jones 0, Antoine Green 0. <laughs> so, even if Raymond comes back, I, which I, I I don't doesn't look like he will, but even if he does, uh, he'll probably be less than 100%. So, I still expect Reynolds to, you know, push for, you know, upwards of 80% of the pass snaps and you're going against a buck defense that is you know, it's okay, it's not terrible, but it has been known to give up, uh, it has been known to kind of bleed yardage. And I, I think being the only indoor game, being the number two receiver on the team with the quarterback, let's see, yeah, I have yard got projected for the most passing yards on this slate, so um, so. Uh, that's another you know, anytime you have like that, the number two receiver, I think, is going to be you know an obvious especially when he's not like a you know queer cut stud or anything like that so i think he's going to be able to overlook i think jameson will be overlooked as, as well but uh as of right now just because we don't we're not 100 percent sure raymond will miss uh mm-hmm. i have you know reynolds as the queer you know value of those two because williams is only 100 cheaper but he's a nice pivot um and even if raymond plays i think that would actually you know increase the value of both of them because then, you know, people might not want to roster yeah. them as much and say, Hey, maybe they're not going to get that same snap rate. But um, yeah, he, I mean, he, Reynolds has the upside to play just as much as I'm on Ross St. Brown. So that is always something that uh, I'm going to target in DFS. So like me some Josh Reynolds. All right, let's jump to tight end. Who we got for value here.
1: Uh, similar to a uh, Christian McCaffrey value. I'm going to Travis Kelsey um who is 6k he's the most expensive tight end but it is much much closer than it used to be um which understandably you know this is one of kelsey's worst seasons um you know he's clearly starting to fall off a bit not quite as dominant had a couple of really ugly drops last week but that could have been due to the weather so i'm willing to forgive him i don't think that's going to be an issue going forward and he still managed to get seven catches for 71 yards so you know, Mahomes is clearly just leaning on uh him and Rasheed Rice now that they're in the playoffs. Uh so you know, the fact that he's six six K, I still have him about three to four points higher than my number two tight end. So not quite as much of a drop off as McCaffrey, but it, it just goes to show that he is still, you know, in tier one by himself. Um plus, you know, I've mentioned the Bills linebackers are decimated. They could be without two to three to four of their starting. Linebackers, so that's just going to make the matchup that much better for Kelsey. So I think he he still has massive upside uh, at six k. So willing to take him, and I th- I think he's a really good value right now.
0: Yeah, he's my you know he's my top value as well. Uh And I mean drops, you know, part of the fall off has just been. I think he's a little bit in his head. Like a lot of it has been drops. You know, like it's it, he's still. Is shown the ability to get to draw double digit targets. Um, maybe he's not quite as fast as he once was, but I think the um, one of the major issues really uh, is just the the drops. But um, you know, his yards per catch is lower. It's, I think it's season career low, right? Yeah, it's 10.6. So yeah. uh, he's obviously slowing down, but you know, still talking about like a yard ish, yard and a half per catch. It's not massive. He still averaged 66 yards per game. Uh, during the regular season, and then put up 71 in his first playoff game, and that was with the three drops. So, uh, could have had a, a, an even bigger game. So, yeah, I, I like kind of buying low, if you could call it that, <laughs> on uh, on Kelsey. Uh, I'm gonna go with George Kittle at uh, 5200. He's my next best value. Uh, I actually don't have quite as much separation as you do. Uh, well, were you talking about half or full? Were you talking about DK scoring or
1: DK scoring? Yeah, yeah, Is I have only large? about.
0: Two points separating, uh, huh. just over two separating Kelsey yeah. and Kittle. So Kittle, have Kittle is a really good value as well. Talked about this on our uh, player projection pod over on the Action Network podcast channel, but uh, Kittle has home road splits that favor being at home, 87 yards this season per game at home, 46 on the road, uh, five touchdowns in seven games at home, just one in nine games on the road. And then in his career, he's averaging 69 yards at home, 59 on the road uh, with 0.44 touchdowns per game at home, 0.32 touchdowns per game on the road. Green Bay also 26 in DVOA against tight ends and Dallas, tight ends 11 11 catches for 100 yards and three scores, all by Ferguson last week, a 25% target uh, market share for Cowboy tight ends last week. So uh, it's a good a potential uh, blow-up spot for George Kittle. Uh, who you like for dart throws at tight end? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh?
1: Um, I, I like Brevin Jordan at 2,700. Uh, there, there's not much choo- to choose from uh, <laughs> once you get outside, you know, starting tight ends, but I think he might be a sneaky backup tight end to take. You know, he's continuing to see around 30 to 35% route participation rate. Um, he had that, long touchdown catch last week so unfortunately you know I think people will chase that a bit but you know he's a really good athlete has pass catching upside um you know I, I think he just continues to mix in here and this is a game where it could be a pass heavy game script where you know someone like Brevin Jordan uh could see a spike in target so uh I, I think he's the top cheap option under Three K, uh, he might be the only option you could really consider under three K. But I think Brevin Jordan has enough upside to at least take some flyers here. Uh, Twenty seven hundred.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's been really good against uh, man coverage. So uh, if Baltimore oh, does nice. continue to play man, uh, he's averaging, I believe it's like three and a half yards per route against man coverage. Obviously, a small sample, but uh, yeah. he has he has played well. Uh, can't he's been beating linebackers and doing what he's supposed to do. So. Uh, like him as well. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kate Otten here, our, our guy, Kate <laughs> Otten. Uh, and obviously it's not as good of a matchup as it was last week against Philly, who just really struggled against tight ends. But when you just look at this slate and you go up and down the list at tight end, uh, when you start getting to that price range, you know Luke Musgrave is thirty. You know, Dalton Schultz is 4400. He is the tight end seven in terms of pricing on DK. Uh, like we could be overpriced if Andrews plays, and so he's at forty seven hundred. Then there's a big uh, gap. Then you have Musgrave, who's probably not even gonna be the number one tight end for the Packers at thirty six hundred. And then you have Otten at thirty five, and then Kraft at thirty one, who uh, is another guy kind of splitting snaps. So I think Otten is in that sweet spot where he's gonna be on the field pretty much every single pass snap. Uh, his his rate of pass snaps played have been between you know ninety eight and one hundred. Uh, in the last few weeks and really all season long. So he's not going to come off the field. Uh, You have the potential, you know, a lot of different ways it could hit. You know, Tampa Bay could go down early and and have to throw. Tampa Bay could uh, just have its way with this shaky lines, pass funnel defense. So uh, like Otten here, just because I think you're just getting so many more uh, routes per dollar compared to everyone else in his price range. Uh, And it's really not even close. All right. Let's uh, build a DraftKings lineup for the four-game slate that we just discussed.
1: Damn, should I go with a defense here first? Let's see if there's anybody. I'm going to go with a – actually, I'm going to potentially steal who you were going for. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey, (laughs) most (laughs) expensive player on the board. And I'll figure it after that. No problem spending down.
0: All righty. I then I'm going to go with uh, I got to go with Brock Purdy. He's my top quarterback uh value yeah. and uh, 6500 where you have uh Allen at 8k and, and Jackson at 79 and to kind of counteract your McCaffrey uh, hopefully a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh we'll I have minus uh 340 to score a touchdown. So, um let's see. No, I I didn't take it. That's what the market's saying. I w- I would never bet that. Um I'm going to go with the defense uh, get ahead of it a little bit. I'm going to take the uh, most expensive defense, but I think it's it's for a good reason. The Ravens against the the Texans hate to be you know like betting against CJ Stroud here, but there's not many good options this week. You know every offense this weekend's pretty damn good, so I'm going to just take the well rested Ravens and hopefully you know CJ Stroud makes a few mistakes here and uh, they they pay off their. 3500 uh price tag here
0: it's not too bad i mean the, i mean stroud just hasn't thrown picks which is not ideal but yeah. um you know, they could still get sacks and and, and whatnot yeah. uh all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna take your buy low i'm gonna go with travis kelsey at, at tight end Damn. at 6k uh, it's <laughs> like him i mean I, I like him i like kittle but uh you know kelsey as an underdog and he caught seven of ten targets and dropped the other three last week so I, i'm a little intrigued here
1: yeah, I was, I was definitely going to go that route. Uh, so I'm going to have to uh, scramble now. Um, I'm going to have to spend down at some point. So I'll just take uh, John Mechie at 3,400. I realize I just took the Ravens' defense, but I think this is perfectly correlated. If Stroud throws interceptions or pick sixes, they're just going to have to throw more. Um, so, you know, no problem using Mechie, who I, I should add. He has an injury. Uh, You know, he's limited in practice. I'm hoping he'll play, but who knows? Uh, It wouldn't be the first time I've had a guy not play, but uh, I I think Mitchell suit up and he's well worth it. He's 3,400. So I can't pass this up.
0: All right. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll grab Nico at 7,100.
1: All right. Um, I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds at 3,700. I'm right there with you. He's a great dart throw. There's, Less dart throws we can take than like really good value up top, so I'm trying to scoop up these like cheaper guys right now because I I'm now at finally got it back up to sixty one hundred per player remaining. Yeah, I'm at fifty sixty
0: six, but I didn't take my defense yet, so
1: oh, true, uh, true. that'll help.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take my second chief. I'm gonna go with uh, Rasheed Rice at sixty eight. Damn it! Yep, that's
1: Two good. good one.
0: Up. one of him and Kelsey <laughs> should go off at least. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> both both right hopefully yeah all right well yeah I'm gonna lock in my quarterback um I know you have yours this probably isn't a good strategic move but gonna do it anyway uh but I, I do like Jared Goff as well uh, I'm a little bit lower than you on his passing yard projection but not by much and I agree he has the highest passing yard projection of the week so I think he has a ton of upside for a guy that's you know 6300 obviously he's not going to run the ball um, but you know, like taking him here and stack him up with, uh, Josh Reynolds.
0: I like it. I like it. Let's go with the, let's go with the chiefs defense in Buffalo. Uh, like, like, uh, the price at 2,700 and, uh, Buffalo, even though they are a bit run heavy, I still think they could, uh, you know, Josh Allen still can yeah. turn the ball over. So at 2,700, a fair bit below some of these other defenses and they're only uh like two and a half three point underdogs so we'll go with kc so now i got now i'm up to 52 25 average with uh, four, four left
1: <laughs> creeping up um I'll well, i'll take a correlated play with that and th- this goes against some of uh your other players but i'll take isaiah pacheco mm-hmm. um so hopefully he gets Going. Uh, every touchdown he scores will not be a Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey touchdown. So doing some reverse correlation here. But um yeah, I'll go with Pacheco. So I have uh right around six K per player remaining.
0: All right. I need to find another uh cheap guy. Let's see.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh I'm gonna go
0: tight end in the flex here because I think the way I'm building the lineup, this is my best this is gonna be my best value in the flex, and that's Kate Otten. So I'm gonna go with him at thirty-five hundred against the uh Lions and hope for nice. a hope to strike lightning in a bottle twice.
1: All right. Well, um I'm I'm going with another cheap receiver. So I'm really uh hammering this thirty-six hundred to thirty-eight hundred range. I'm going with Khalil Shakir, who I think has just looked really good lately and they'll lean on him once again here. So my my three receivers are all Below four K, that's just the, that's just the way I see this slate shaping up. I think this is a really good value range at the wide receiver position this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking of Shakir actually for I was kind of calculating who who I had had <laughs> better value. It, it's, it's pretty much neck and neck. Uh, so Otten was cheaper, so I just ended up going with him. Yeah. But yeah, Shakir is right there. Okay, uh, I need some running backs. I have fifty eight hundred average for two running backs and wide receiver. Uh, I'll take my first running back. Let's go, James Cook at sixty three hundred against Casey in that uh bottom six run defense. Nice. At sixty three hundred. So now that leaves me at uh fifty five fifty for running back in a wideout.
1: All right, so I am finally gonna get an expensive receiver, the most expensive one, uh in my flex slot. I'm going with Amon Ross St. Brown at eighty two hundred. I think like every position this week except for maybe quarterback, uh the top priced players Actually, very offering a ton of value. I yep. think with you know, heavy blitz coming up here, uh, Amon Ra, he typically sees even more targets when Goff is facing the blitz. So, I, I have a Goff, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Josh Reynolds stack going here, too. I like it. And I have 5,900 left at tight end, which means I have I can make take uh, any tight end really outside of uh, Kelsey because you already took him,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got two tight ends already, so yeah, I can't take any more than that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have a running back and a wide receiver and uh, uh, 55-50 average or eleven-one one total. So I was checking out some uh, some different combinations. And I think the one that's going to make the most sense here. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Rashad White as my RB two well he's really my most expensive running back but uh yeah he is 6500 against the lions and i saw chase edmonds uh is popped up on the injury report Hmm. some practice he's probably good to go but that could mean an extra couple of uh of snaps for white especially if tampa bay gets behind you know they've been they've been having some positive games where they can kind of suffer white sure. in and out a little bit more, but uh, I like the snap rate. So going with him at 6,500. So I got 4,600 remaining for a wide out.
1: All right. So I have uh 5,900 left, Um, tight end left. So can't take Kelsey because he's 6K, plus you took him. So I have access to every tight end right now except for Kate Auden. Uh Sam Laporte is 5,900. I think that is way too expensive considering he isn't 100%. So yep. I'm gonna go with uh, George Kittle at 5,200. My God, um, and leave 700 on the board, which I think is fine for like a weird slate like this and being in a battle where you know you're taking some of my players that I wanted. Uh, so yeah, so that that's my team with 700 left over.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You got uh, Amon Ra, Christian McCaffrey, and still managed to have 700 and the Ravens' defense, that
1: you still uh, managed you seen, to have. Have you seen my receivers? That's how he did it. <laughs> oh man it is not pretty but that's that's what you got to do it's it's called stars and scrubs for a reason you know
0: yep and uh so i took rashad white with the you know i had my i know you already i knew you already had your wide receivers so there's only one wide receiver that is exactly 4600 and that's odell beckham and that's what i'm gonna take i thought about christian watson just as kind of like a random variants type of play, but he, he is questionable. You never know with him and the setbacks. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. Beckham is kind of like that too, but remember Beckham has been kind of bubble wrapped all year. And what do we, what did he do last time he got to the postseason on a new team? He went completely off with the uh, Rams. So this is Odell Beckham's time to shine. Uh, he's averaging 1.8 yards per route against zone, which is pretty solid I think he he has a chance to, you know, equips his average of a 60% route participation rate. You know, he could be, you know, the first game of the year, he actually played 100% of the snap, of the uh, pass snap. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that with the playoffs here, Beckham goes to like a true, you know, 85% wide receiver too. It's not, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's in the range of outcomes uh, for Odell Beckham, as is just, you know, going off with, uh you know houston has stingley maybe they they, they would obviously have to if they're going to do anything with him it would be zay flowers so uh i like odell beckham i think the market is a little bit un- low on him too uh but it's he's just a really hard projection because you don't know how many yeah. staff he's gonna play but uh i do like him uh for this format because he's kind of in kind of in no man's land here too uh whereas like Wicks is 49 then Beckham 46 and then Watson 42 so he's the only player between like a 700 hour uh tier so uh Odell, and I have zero salary remaining <laughs> nice nice
1: let's recap uh your team who you got uh so I have Jared Goff as my quarterback my running backs are Krish McCaffrey and Isaiah Pacheco my wide receivers I went ultra cheap all three guys below 4k and they are John Mechie, Josh Reynolds, and Khalil Shakur. But then I did spend up for wide receiver in my flex with Amon Ross St. Brown. My tight end is George Kittle and my defense are the Ravens.
0: Well, that is, that is so, it's a very interesting line of construction. Uh, I I know. I like it. It
1: it kind (laughs) of uh, all worked out. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: like, it has just so much leverage, uh, especially with like, you have Mechie, you know, I'm sure he'll be lower than like Nico Collins yeah. and maybe even maybe even Schultz and, and Singletary. And then you have you have uh Reynolds, Reynolds and who Monroe. we're both high on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Re- I can't imagine Reynolds' rostership being that high. Uh, but we're both really high on him.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that's a and you have Kittle at tight end who I really like. Yeah, I like that squad. Yeah. Uh, I got Brock Purdy at quarterback, 6,500 against Green Bay. Running backs are Rashad White, 6,500 at Detroit, and James Cook, 6,300 uh home against the Chiefs. Wide receivers, I got Nico Collins, 7,100 at Baltimore, Rasheed Rice, 6,800 at Buffalo, and Odell Beckham, 4,600 at home against the Texans. Two tight ends, Kelsey uh, is my most expensive. He is 6K at Buffalo out in 3500 in my flex at Detroit, and uh, actually I, I, let me put Kelsey in the flex you always want your latest uh, starting oh, player in <laughs> the flex, just so you have maximum lineup uh, flexibility uh, you know especially yeah. with games going on on both days so uh, let me switch that but yeah so Kate out in 3500 at Detroit my second tight end he'll, he'll be in the tight end spot Kelsey will be in the flex and then I have the Chief's defense. Uh, just p- kind of punting defense with a with a good all around t- unit. Uh, twenty seven hundred at Buffalo. I left zero salary on the table, but I feel like I got a pretty solid lineup with o- Odell as, as the wild card and some high floor yeah, guys. Yeah. So I'll roll with it. All right, that e is gonna wrap it for our fantasy preview episode of the fantasy flex for the divisional round of the twenty twenty three twenty four. NFL playoffs for more fantasy content from Sean and I, you can check out our full player projection episode. That's out right now over on the action network podcast channel, actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, as well as fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget action network discord server link will be in the episode description and check out the newest feature of the action network app. Fantasy sync uh, links for both the discord and to set up fantasy sync are in the episode description you can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker i'm at chris raybon and of course we're at those same handles on the free award winning action network app until the conference championship get this money
1: action network reminds you please gamble responsibly